Hey, everybody, it's Tracy, and this is another round with Heaven and Tracy. Yay, excitement noises. If you have been rocking with another round from the very, very first episode, um, first of all, bless you. Um, then you may remember the episode that we're about to re-air. This is actually our third episode of Another Round. We were babies. We were just toddlers, toddling around the stude, not knowing what anything did, <laughs> just sitting down and talking. And for this episode, our guest was the lovely and talented Issa Rae, who then was just all over the internet because of our amazing web series, Awkward Black Girl. And when we interviewed her, she was in development talks with HBO for another show, which we now know as Insecure, which premieres October 9th, which is super, super soon. So to honor her and to congratulate her and to get y'all excited for the new show, we wanted to re-air our episode with her. Um, we talked about so many things. We talked about spoken word. We talked about White Jay from her Awkward Black Girl series. We talked about Lipstick. And we laughed a lot. We had a lot of fun. And I think that it really, really set the tone for so many of the other wonderful interviews we were able to bring to you. So this episode is from a year and a half ago. And in it, we also discuss an essay that I wrote about the time that I spent in college at a really, really, really white school. Um, Like maybe 20 black people, including me. So that was an experience. And we wanted to re-air this um, conversation because it's fall folks are back in school and for a lot of freshmen of color um, they may find themselves on a campus where not many people look like them and so maybe they're going through the same things that I went through because we all know that the more things change the more they stay the same so hopefully this conversation can be a little fortifying for people who find themselves in that situation and if you're a student who's currently in that situation it's tough I see you hanging there I did it, you can do it. And hopefully this brings you something good. What's up, everyone? I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And this is another round with Heaven and Tracy. Whoop, 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 whoop. that you came back after the launch. Today on the show, we're going to have Issa Rae on the freaking podcast. The I'm so excited. Issa Rae. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about, Tracy, you've had kind of a wild week with this story you've been writing about Transylvania University and the racist frats there. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to also allow you to tell a corny joke again. <laughs> so before we go any further, I will not allow this production to go any further unless... <laughs> We do this. We owe our listeners a stadium full of applause and love and appreciation. Absolutely. Because our podcast finally launched last week after us being like, listen for the podcast. Watch out for the podcast. (laughs) Podcast coming. Everybody's like, when's it coming? It's coming. You just got to wait. And it's finally here. And we have been just overwhelmed by all the great comments and the support. Like, I really appreciate it so much. (sighs) We've almost cried like twice today. Literally me. I think one of us did cry. (laughs) I'm not gonna say it's me. It's heaven. (laughs) In case that's unclear. (laughs) So what have you been thinking about lately, Tracy? Things have been nuts for me because I wrote an essay for Mm -hmm. BuzzFeed.com, the website about my experience in school. If you follow me on Twitter, then I've referenced my time in school quite a few times because it it left a mark to say the very least. 
Um, and some backstory. So, you know, there was the whole SAE video thing out of the University of Oklahoma. I don't know if you're familiar. It's impossible for me to catch up on all the racist stories. <laughs> so you know I, what, this, I this actually real. have not heard the clip of mm-hmm. the, like, whatever racist frat chant they were doing. So here's the backstory. I assume it's bad. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Okay. So a few weeks ago, a video was released that somebody, it was footage that somebody took while on a bus with SAE frat members at the University of Oklahoma. And they were just singing this delightful little racist chant. And all I remember, it was like, there will never be a nigger in SAE. Clap, clap. There will never be a nigger in SAE. Something, something. Oh, wow. You can something, something. You can hang it from a tree, but it'll never oh, something with me. There'll never oh, be a nigger in SAE. Just... See? <laughs> Really, really bad. Really bad. And so when the SAE thing happened, I started a Twitter conversation because I wanted to know how many people were, like, familiar with fraternities acting this way. Because I mean, I just assume everyone. Yeah. Like, every brown person who went to college in America. Right, (laughs) right. Literally everyone. I went to school at a school called Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. Everybody loves to drop vampire jokes like, oh, did you major in (laughs) blood-sucking? But there's a particular fraternity that was on campus, and it's a pretty big and well-known fraternity throughout the South. Mm-hmm. Um, the fraternity is called Kappa Alpha Order. They list as its spiritual founder, Robert E. Lee. What is a spiritual founder? <laughs> <laughs> so not the person who actually did it, not but the, the actual, person they pretended yeah, it? Yeah, they're uh, just, he's just like their idol, like they're operating in the spirit of Robert E. Lee. I don't know. Wow. I think, which, <laughs> right, right. But like your also, reaction is like, I went to Stonewall Jackson High School. <laughs> so, amazing. I'm used to that. I yeah. don't know. And and so the essay is just about like my experience on campus with the fraternity that like aligns itself with the Confederacy. Like mm. there were so many Confederate flags around campus. Well, there was at least one instance where I witnessed members of the fraternity singing Dixie underneath the trees at night. Mm-hmm. One dude was wrapped in a Confederate Absolutely flag. Not. Did you feel like safe? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Like I say in the article, I was like, you know, you think that when you're going to be living with white folks, <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be safe, especially when you come from the hood Absolutely, like I do, right? Yeah. I've never felt more unsafe in my life. Wow. Like walking down an empty street at night mm. in the hood at home than I did like walking past people that I knew were KAs, walking past people that I saw wearing Confederate flag shirts and stuff like yeah. that. So I wrote about my experiences. It was only a sliver of my experiences, actually, because I only wrote about, like, my reaction to and relationship with the fraternity. Mm-hmm. But there was, like, there was a lot of just wild stuff that happened. And the fallout has been so crazy. I Absolutely mean, yeah, you were insane. on Chris Hayes. You were on Melissa Harris' Perry yes. show. Mm. So not only am I on television for the first time, I'm on national television yeah. for the first time. I was nauseous the entire weekend, like... All In with Chris Hayes was on Friday. Melissa Harris-Perry was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just hope I don't throw up. So what's been the response to the article? Well, I think what really made the story something that news outlets were paying attention to was Transylvania's response to my article. Mm. They sent an email to their Greek students telling them not to share it. Or not to, it didn't explicitly, explicitly say don't share it. It said don't comment about it on social media. Okay. Which, of course, is the school trying to control so the narrative. So just share the, the link, but don't comment anything. Well, the email was like, don't comment. But the sentiment is don't share it. Don't yeah, that's help wild. it gain any traction. Yeah, it's wild, but it's also like really expected because, mm. I mean, you know, the reputation with any private school yeah. is their money getter. You know, they want to welcome Absolutely, other yeah. students to the campus. So what's been crazy for me is the transformativeness, if that's a word, 
Yeah, it is. Go on, please. (laughs) How were you transformed? So when I was on campus, I was not quiet about this stuff, like, at all. Mm. And there was a good handful of students who were not quiet about it because it's just like, like, I had a scholarship, but it wasn't a full rise. I'm like, I'm paying you money to live in existence of fear where I don't feel safe or welcome. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm a very stubborn woman. I'm my mother's child. (laughs) Hi, mommy. I know you're listening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, I mean, we raised a lot of hell about it. We tried to raise a lot of hell about it. But, I mean, like, transit was so much more powerful than than this small group of students was. I mean, it was like trying to push against a brick wall and get it to move, you know. Like, I mean, you're not going to do anything. So to go from that position of voicelessness and powerlessness to now being at BuzzFeed, which is more influential than the school that has like maybe 2,000 students, yeah. you know, and like now they can't help but listen to me, mm. you know. It was a shock. Oh my God, It was such a dope. shock. I've been so like angry, yes, but also hurt. Like everybody always says that college is the greatest years of your life, you know, and I have so many <laughs> yeah, friends. <laughs> those are also the people who say high school are the best years of your true, life. True, true. But like I have a pretty good collection of friends who like they have regular like yearly meetups because they like each other so much. I'm like, what the hell? Where, does, where did you come from? How does this happen? Mm. And, you know, it it hurts to not be able to look back on like my formative years and be like, yes, this was a good time. I had some good times at school, yeah. sure. Like, I've met some amazing people. I've come into contact again with some um, classmates that I really, really liked because of the article, which is great. Mm. But, I mean, overall, it was just, like, counting down the time to graduate. Yeah. And so I graduated. And I swear to God, I moved to Philadelphia because I just needed to be around black yeah, people. Yeah, that's so real. I was like, well, where is the blackest place that but I can go? But even me, I went to Columbia, and there was... It's a very predominantly white institution, but there's definitely a like a strong brown contingent. Mm. I remember once as the Black Students Organization, I was a part of that, of course, in college. <laughs> <Of> course. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember once we got this, they were like, well, we have this meeting with the board of trustees with you all because we know you're dissatisfied with the state of things. Mm. I think we were at that point talking about like the protests about Trayvon Martin and like Ooh. there's a bunch of stuff going on. Being on campus and had to be crazy. Uh so they were like, we're going to have this meeting with the Black Students Organization. And we got there. And the board of trustees, of course, is just a bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. And there's one brown dude who, like, really hooks it up. He's, like, very involved in, like, our student, like, organizing stuff, whatever. But the rest of them were just, like, you know, rich white people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they were, me and my friends still cite this to this day. There's this one dude who is the most exaggerated version of a white person's response to racism. Oh, my God. So every time we talked... Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so nervous. He would be like, oh, the racism. Oh, the racism. (laughs) He would just shake his head in this most dramatic way. Did he actually say, oh, the racism? These are literally the words (laughs) that came out of his mouth. Honestly, that's why I didn't even like pay attention to the SAE clip because I just mm-hmm. heard that guy in my head being like, oh, the racism. <laughs> and I internalized that kind of dismissal. But like, how are you feeling like at the end of like all these articles and mm-hmm. like the school's weird pushback? Yeah. What are your like next steps? Um, I've gotten a lot of emails from students who are now at the school 
And this is what makes me feel good because I mean, like, even though I have like this really complicated relationship with my alma mater, I'm still a very prideful person mm. and I'm still very protective of like what people think of the South yeah, in general absolutely. in Kentucky. But reading all those emails from the kids who are like, thank you so much for speaking out. Not much has changed. And now hopefully like we have a platform to be heard because I know so well what that voicelessness is like. Mm. And it's just like defeating yeah. and it just like we can just spirit. And it took me a long time to kind of get over it. And I actually feel like I'm just now getting over it, I think. Like, having been heard by my university, I feel, I don't know if better is the right word, but I feel less angry. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. I don't want to just, like, walk away from the whole situation having, like, started all this shit on yeah. campus and elsewhere. Hopefully we can help the we can help the kids we can help the babies at Transy yes, and we can help the babies kids. at other white schools because I mean you know this is not just a Transylvania thing Absolutely it's not just not. a Southern thing or a Kentucky thing like this is it's an Ivy League school thing too this is what it's, it's like a to be a person of color East school listen California school bam all the schools pal <laughs> so right. yeah maybe there will be another update later um but enough of that I have an idea heaven okay maybe we should just hang out with Issa Rae for a while yes. Hey y'all, it's Tracy again, back in the present day. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with our interview with Issa Rae. Yay! episode we are over the moon to have with us Miss Issa Rae who is just an all-around badass jack-of-all-trades. So you probably know her from Awkward Black Girl the web series or Awkward Black Girl the book. Uh, we're so excited to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You guys have such great like radio voices. It's just dying Ooh, on me thank now. You. Gosh, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so we want to talk to you a little bit about I mean there's been a little moment right now where web series turn to TV show is like a real potential for well done web series. And we kind of wanted to talk to you about how you got started, um, like any of the roadblocks along the way and like what the journey is like now with the HBO show. Sure. I kind of wanted to introduce a clip if, if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen the show. So just to, a little background, Awkward Black Girl is about Jay, this awkward black girl <laughs> and her life in this office with like people she hates which we all know <laughs> and like dating and life so in this clip you are on a date with white jay <laughs> um this is the first time y'all are going out and not only does he take you to a soul spot with fried chicken <laughs> the second event is a spoken word <laughs> poetry slam <laughs> so I said, live today like it is tomorrow. Rap and poetry had a baby named Spoken Word. I wish I could abort that baby. Yet, I feel so much sorrow. But I will not borrow nor buy your excuses, nigga! Okay, I am black, bold, cute, conic, delicious, delicate. Hold up, wait a minute, don't go there because I ain't with it. That resonates with me on so many different yes. levels. So, okay. Everyone has done this, had this moment. This is a safe space, uh, right? This is the three of us. It is a safe space. Family. <laughs> so I can confess that at one point in my life, let me, t- let me take a drink for a second. Just, 
I will confess two things. At one point in my life, I wanted to be a poet. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. You can say I'm safe. sorry. Say sorry. Sorry. I couldn't Come help on. it. I'm okay. I'm sorry. But for a very brief moment in my life, like five minutes maybe, I was like, hmm, maybe I can do spoken word. Yes. <sighs> uh, okay. Quick story. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share a story really really quickly. So I'm in college. Uh, very white. I'm black as shit, right? Just like extra, extra Mm -hmm. militant. And I have a friend who's an amazing poet. She was into the spoken word scene. I wasn't really, but I was trying, you know? Like, I'm trying to find something black that I can cling to. (laughs) What's blacker than spoken word when you're in the hills of Kentucky? Nothing. So... I I can't believe I'm telling this story. So like, Please do continue. I, <laughs> I still had a perm at this point in my life, right? But I'm trying to like ethnic my hair up some. So I had like flat twists up into a ponytail. And I had on, this is when one shoulder tank tops were a very big thing. Oh my God. So I had on a one shoulder black tank top. Here's the most embarrassing part. I had on a cowrie shell necklace, y'all. I was oh, trying so Oh, why did you? Tracy. I was, I was <laughs> this young. This does I, was, I was young. I knew nothing. So I'm thinking, you know what? I look good. I look spoken word as hell, right? And so we go to this coffee shop, and there's um, a friend of mine. She's white, and her friend was white. And her friend was like just like this young white kid, and he like keeps looking at me and giggling. He's like, hee, 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 hee. And later my friend says, oh, he thinks you're really pretty. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. And in my head, I'm like, he must be attracted to my black African womanness. <laughs> These calorie shells are working. <laughs> but then she says, yeah, he thinks you look like one of those girls from the BET videos. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> That's when I said, fuck this. <laughs> what was his life? What like, was my fine. life? <laughs> what was I guess. <laughs> But that's like, that. there's such a... There's an image that comes along with being, oh. like, this spoken word person. Like, whenever I'd be courted by guys, they would always assume I liked poetry or spoken word. And I, it would make me throw up. Like, I'd be like, no, I don't. I have no interest whatsoever. Like, this is lame. And I don't want to hear your your poetry whispers in my ear. Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> and poetry, like, spoken word, I don't know where it came from. Well, no, I do know where it came from. But, like, college like Tracy was saying, it was all the rave, yeah. and people were just people were just obsessed with it, and they were so fake deep. And I had great friends who were talented, but I just couldn't listen to like their their intonations and their voices change. And then yeah, they, it's always everybody the had that same, same voice. cadence. Yes. I was exactly. walking down the street. And there's also that thing they do where they end the sentence with and I. I was uh, walking down the street and I and paused I. <laughs> to think about my life and its applications and I. And I. Yes. <laughs> Always. Yes. Like, can't you just finish the sentence? You can start. You no, can no. end it and then start a new sentence. Right. Like, well, who made the spoken word rules? Uh, <laughs> you can finish your sentence. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, watch Broad City, another web series turned show? Rod City so much. Yes, I love Rod City. There's that scene where I think it parallels your show really well where they go to an improv show. Oh, God. (laughs) And it's the same sort of, like, torture. (laughs) I feel like... brilliantly done. Yes. I feel like uh, improv is white people's spoken word. (laughs) Yeah, that's the deepest shit I've ever heard in my life. But, I mean, shout out to the white people doing spoken word and shout out... Especially shout out to the brown people doing improv. We believe in y'all. We believe in y'all. Amen. Hold it down. Break the So how did you, your web series was so well produced for such a low budget, like, 
surprising phenomenon. Hmm, How did you call the resources for that? What was the like work schedule? Did you have like a nine to five that you did this on the side with? If someone was trying to do something sort of similar to you, what would you want them to know? I definitely started out with a nine to five, but just needed to do it. And I really called in a lot of favors, like friends who were willing to help me. And the first episode was just done with two of my friends and a camera that I owned and I paid $25 to buy them lunch. Mm-hmm. And then as the show, as I put the show out there, then I, people, more people started reaching out. And a friend of mine who I cast, um, we actually wrote, used to write together in the past, and she was at school at U- USC and she was saying, hey, you know, you're getting a lot of eyeballs. You should elevate the quality. Like, you know, I'm, I'm studying to be a producer. Let me let me bring in a crew. And I was like, yes, girl, please. Yes. And so um, she really helped um, around the time the fourth episode hit. We had a full crew. Yeah. You can definitely notice the production marks increasing. Yes. <laughs> it goes from looking like a camera phone. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, right. it, was, it was great. And people were extremely dedicated to making the show the best it could be. And it really helped that the audience was excited about it, too. So I guess my advice would just be to to find people who are dedicated as dedicated as you are to to making your vision come to life and and just make sure that you have a clear vision because there's nothing worse than someone who's like I don't know I don't I make it look good you know um, I think that I knew what I wanted the show to be and I was collaborative in a sense that I recognized other people's talents in in helping to make the show t- uh, way better than I could do by my, alone by myself and that really mattered. Yeah, totally. Well, so for for Broad City, it was the sort of like cosign of Amy Poehler in like one of their last episodes of the web series that got them the attention of like a show. Do you feel like you had sort of like a Donald Glover cameo at the end of your series? Do you think that helped a lot? I mean, you already had a rabid fan base. I think what helped was when Pharrell actually picked us up for oh, the second true, season. Because then His we got into... I Am Other, I believe. I Am Other, exactly. Um, when Google funded all those channels, too. So how did that happen? So YouTube had their 100 channels for $100 million, where they put you know a certain amount of millions into, into specific channels that they hand-selected. And they were hoping to compete with television in a way o- over time mm-hmm. that didn't ultimately work out but it you know Pharrell was one of those channels with I Am Other and he approached me just about how much he loved the show how he's an awkward black guy and <laughs> how I really fit the vision and um, he, he couldn't tell me what it was at the time but he was like I just really want you to be a part of it and I was like yes and so um, you know he ended up funding our second se- season and wow. that got um, us in Rolling Stone, and that's when oh, um, Shondaland called, yes, and they were like, yes. "Hey, what are you doing with this show? Right, talk to me about, about that to phone ask call. About <laughs> what is a phone call from Shondaland like? And what is Shonda like? Yes, period. give us all the details. <laughs> She's just dope. She's just uh, like a. I want to be her like best friend, but you know, she's just so wise and so down to earth in a way. But like. She knows her shit. Like, she is that bitch. And yes. she doesn't act like that bitch. Like, she, <laughs> she just, knows. She just knows. But she knows it. <laughs> like, and that's, in a, in, a, in a way, I'm just like, I want to be you. But, like, it, it was just a matter of a meeting. I'd actually met with her production company, with her producing partner, Betsy Beers, and at the time, Rachel Egabean, before, like, in the early stages of Awkward Black Girl, just for a general meeting. And then when that, when that Rolling Stone article came out, that's when they called us back, and she was there. And that was just a great meeting. It was just 
Oh, the show I pitched was called I Hate L.A. Dudes. And <laughs> they were talking about. We have so many questions. We went to L.A. Please for ask those like questions. two weeks. It was two weeks. And you were disgusted by oh the Oh, my gosh. I we mean, the whole just... thing was just kind of weird. So we were mostly in Hollywood. West Hollywood. West Hollywood. That's yes. where our oh, office girl. is. I mean, yeah. obviously, yes. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> we tried to find other, you know, brown people yeah. in different little enclaves. <laughs> but I was very surprised at the lack of them, at least in the spaces where we were. Like, there were people who were looking at me and us like, oh, my gosh, how, what, who, why does your hair go up like that? Can I touch it? It was just crazy. And, and I was just like, I can't imagine what dating in this city is like. Yeah, a lot of the brown girls we talked to were like, no, this is, yes. a, this is a disaster. I'll let them say no. You they have to come no. out they here with the boo. B-Y-O-M, bring your own man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the realest. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start using that. There's just no comparison. Like to New York, I don't know. There's just the, like guys will still be like aggressively court you in a way that's, like annoying but also romantic if you've come from LA because it's like oh my gosh people I'm still desirable but here nobody's checking guys here have a mentality that you should be lucky to have them and you should approach them and they don't have to try as hard and I witnessed so many like of my friends my very good friends LA men just like fall into that just be like why would I chase a bitch when they just chase me I'm like, I don't know why we're friends. It's, that's what it is. I watched my nauseous. own little brother turn into an L.A. man. No. I know. Like, <laughs> I, I lost you. What happened? <laughs> but what are you going to do? So speaking of dating, um, I feel like a, a lot of people always have a lot of feelings about any sort of interracial dating subplots. <laughs> <laughs> so the like white J storyline, how, like, how do people respond to that? Um, well, initially, so the way we came out, came up with White Jay, initially he was just Jay, and he was supposed to be a black guy. And, um, <laughs> another, oh, really? He was initially supposed to be a black guy? Yes, actually. Um, this is when we had brought in another writer, O.C. Smith, and um, my producer at the time, the same one that helped me get the cruise, she was just like, you know what? The show's doing well, but you needed to, you know what would make it do really well? And I was like, what? And she was like, white people. If white people watched. And I was like, well, how do we get white people to watch? And she was like, cast a white person. And I was like, oh my God. The token white guy. The the token white guy. And it's true in that stupid, basic mentality. Like, people started watching it. But initially, he was just supposed to be a one off character. Like, he was supposed to be. Interesting. You know, he's introduced at this party, and and Fred gets jealous, and then we move on from it. But the audience went crazy for Lyman, who plays White J. They were like, "Mm." and they named him White J. They were like, "Mm, White. Jay, give me, yes. Give me some white Jay. I mean, white Jay is very handsome to his credit. He's handsome. He's such an awkward man. No offense, Lyman, but he knows he's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But that really helped. And then later on, of course, that's when I had the, sister, you a sellout and you the white devil Uh, and keep on sucking the white man's dick. It was just like (laughs) everything that you could. So intense. So intense. Like even today I just got a comment that I had to respond to like, okay, girl, sure. I Uh, even see that on like pop up on like conversations about scandal. Yeah, absolutely. She was this white man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like of all the things you can criticize for an Olivia Pope for. And Olivia Pope. That's what you're going to go for. Okay, she's also in love with a sociopath murderer but right. oh my god he's white let's prioritize right. okay right. I see you that's just you just have to choose your battles and pick your battles but my friend and I used to always laugh about like when it comes to black women um, we're always super excited when you see 
um, one of your own dating outside her race because you know she tried at the end of the day. You know she tried <laughs> <laughs> with the brothers and then it was just like, you know what? You deserve that. You deserve it. So right. it is what it is. So now with the show with HBO, like what was that transition? How did it go from ABC to HBO and like what happened with that conversation? How did it change? So the ABC door closed and, you know, Sean and I, they were great about it. They were like, you know, we're going to try again next year or anything. But then like a month later, HBO called and said, hey, we heard you're um, not in a deal anymore. Do you have any ideas that you want to present to us? And I've always... I've always had some trepidation about network television just because I know that they're very formulaic and my ideal yeah. home has always been cable and mm. HBO. And so when they called, like, uh, I just developed a new show idea for them. And uh, that's how that happened. So does it have a title yet? It's called Insecure. Ooh, okay. Yes. I already identify. Yes. <laughs> I'm me, in. Me, I wrote. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the show? Yeah, so it's still very much in development. The, the pilot was just greenlit, so we're supposed to be shooting um, sometime in the summer. We lost a showrunner. We're trying to get a director. But it's about, it's following um, my best friend and I. It's very close to my life. The trials and tribulations of dating, uh, work, life in general as we push 30. Mm-hmm. I need to come yeah. up with a better log line, you guys. <laughs> no, no, I keep I'm, into it. It. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with <laughs> it. basically just described my life. <laughs> so, um, it's about this... you guys. That's what you don't <laughs> know. Abby. <laughs> Do you have a hand in, like, a heavy hand in casting? Is that, like, a final decision goes by you for the HBO show? Yeah, for sure. And that's so important to me because, again, a lot of these characters are based off of um, people in my real life. So, like, I mm. know who each person is. And that's going to be the most fun part. Like, I'm excited to to put some unknowns out there. And um, yes. it's great. Like, I'm, I'm beyond geeked. So is it going to be, like, a mostly black cast, a mixed cast? Is it going to be, like, one of those UPN shows with the token white guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, the way it's, I mean, we have not even started casting yet, but the okay. way it's written, it's mostly um, black. It's mostly people of color. Turn up. I'm yes. with that. If yes. you would happen to need two, two extra black girls. <laughs> Just in the Girl, back party. <laughs> we can <laughs> barely <laughs> act. Yeah. We can, we can, we can stand act. around in the background. Can, can you do spoken word? Can you bring can you Oh, oh my goodness. Can I do spoken word is the question that was put to me and I paused for just a second and I considered my life experiences and my flows and my feelings and I... To answer your question. You know what? I changed my mind. I don't. I actually don't want you in the show anymore. No, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I have some very, very random rapid fire questions that I pulled out of the air strictly. (laughs) I just like to get a feel for, like, you know, who people are. Yeah, yeah. Random questions. Your your quirks and stuff. Number one, how do you feel about squirrels? We used to have these black squirrels on campus, and so I just think about, like, I think they're deceptive, and they're, they have ninja-like qualities. Yes, right answer. Rabbit, thank you. you. You did good. You thank did you. good. We need to have, like, a Hall of Fame of people who are so Are on the right side of history about squirrels. squirrels. Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> I just don't trust them. Fuck them. What are you doing? Get out of my face. I agree. Exactly. No one disagrees. Also, why don't they hibernate? 
They're like land pigeons. Land pigeons. That, but you know how I feel about pigeons, though. I feel like pigeons get a bad rap. I feel like pigeons oh. are the black man of the bird world. <laughs> I say that too, though. Are you kidding? And because like, if they were like, white, they would be doves. Would. Everybody loves doves. I feel like so I, I don't say know. You know what? Like, I will. I will allow that. <laughs> it's true. I say that uh, pigeons and rats are like the blacks and Mexicans of the PETA justice system. Like PETA does not give a fuck about rats and squirrels at all. <laughs> So, if you're listening, we just became best friends. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> it just happened. Um, okay, what is your favorite song from the 90s? Ooh, girl. Um, the first one that came to mind is Joe's All the Things Your Man. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What? Okay, Honestly, okay. That was just, I love that song. And I didn't know what Take Me to the Subway, I'll Go Down meant until I was older. <laughs> um, Yo, it's so crazy when you start singing songs you used to sing when you was little and you're I like, know. oh my God, Too Close what? by Next. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that song is so gross. An entire song about erections. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yes. Kind of just eight, nine, ten, however I was. Didn't yep. have any business. Yeah. Yep. Do you karaoke? And if so, what are your staple songs that you sing? I actually hate, don't stone me, but I hate karaoke. I do. Low key, I feel the same, but I do it anyway because my friends love it. And I'm like, okay, I'll support you (laughs) in your interests and hobbies. Well, we did like, I had a bad karaoke experience. Like my friends and I went on a (laughs) cruise. My friends and I went on a cruise and uh, there were three of us and Soldier by Destiny's Child had just come out and uh we decided to perform it but like the cruise was mostly like old and white and they just were not (laughs) feeling us and they didn't get into it and that just killed my spirit i was like well Uh, fuck y'all if you don't know who destiny's child is and you can't appreciate (laughs) subject absolutely you cannot let old white people steal your joy girl i know you can't let them have that but then someone who can really sing always gets up and does karaoke and that's like that's not fair those people always the ones inviting you. It's like exactly. you can't do that if you can low key sing. It's exactly. the people with the really nice voices and the people who only want to do sad songs. Like, listen, oh it's God. Friday. <laughs> I got some henny in my cup. I don't want to listen to you sing Jewel right now. I love Jewel, but not on the weekends. <laughs> no Jewel uh, on the weekends. No shade, Jewel. We love it, but just Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. only. Okay, one more question. Um, so you are obviously like nobody would disagree that you are consistently fly as fuck. Yes, what? and we facts. love facts facts. <laughs> we love how into bright bold lipsticks you are. Yes. Ooh. Do you have a favorite shade or a favorite brand? Where can I find it? Is it more than ten dollars? Because if so, gotta check my account. I wish I were better at this. Now you're going to have me pull out my purse, but I definitely <laughs> love this L'Oreal type. Let me find it right now that I'm wearing right now. It's just called it's called Endless Red, but Ooh. it's like it paints on your lips and it stays because I eat. Ooh. Is it like a matte? Listen. Yes. And it's just, I don't know, it's just smooth and it doesn't affect my eating time and that's the most important. Okay. I don't like to oh. like eat and then, oh, where'd my, where my, where'd my lips yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love your priorities right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. This shape is dope, but can I eat in it? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Only question that matters. <laughs> <laughs> this was fantastic. Oh, I we wish had so we had fun. like two more hours. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for joining Issa us. Ray, ladies thank and gentlemen. You. Woo-hoo, thank you. All right, so okay. a lot of people <laughs> tweeted at me like, let Tracy tell her jokes. 
And I was like, I can't believe you guys think I'm I can stop yeah, really Tracy MVP. from telling yeah, her jokes. Really There's no stopping Tracy from telling her jokes. But also I'm very here for her Tracy's jokes. So listen. I'm ecstatic. There's no possible way I can tell a joke on every episode because I'd be out of jokes by like <laughs> June and then we'd all just be sad. Um, but every once in a while, Tracy's going to tell a joke. I got a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let the people hear a joke, Tracy. It's one of my favorites. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let me let me get in my space. Let me get in my zone. <laughs> Tracy's in her joke zone. <laughs> Tracy's joke time. Gonna tell a joke. One thing we realized laugh is that mixing people all mad. of our theme songs At are the same time. Gonna keep singing. While Based Evan off that talks. SNL skit about Tracy's girlfriend talk show. <laughs> girlfriend talk show. That's all oh of our gosh, theme songs. It really is. Talk so show. shout out to SNL. Shout out to Aidy Bryant. <laughs> we love you, girl. Okay. All right. Guy walks into a bar. Okay. Bar is empty. Mm-hmm. Just nobody there but the guy who just walked into the bar and the bartender. Guy walks up to the bar, has a seat. Bartender walks over. In front of him, he places a cocktail menu and a very small, not a bucket, what's the word? A bowl. <laughs> <laughs> not a bucket, a bowl. <laughs> cocktail menu and a bowl of peanuts, right? Guy sits down these two items in front of the patron. Guy walks off to change the channel or wash a wash a glass, whatever bartenders do in an empty bar. Sure, sure. The bartender leaves to do that. So the guy's at the bar alone. He's got his menu. He's looking over the menu to see what he wants to drink. He's got peanuts. There's like a soccer game or something on TV. A I don't know. soccer game. Soccer, football, <laughs> sure, baseball. Sure, sure. You know what? Fuck the it. sports sure. are on TV. The sports. He's watching the sports. And out of nowhere here, somebody go, wow, your hair looks great today. And the guy's looking around. He's like, was that on TV? It doesn't make sense for somebody on on the sports to say that my <laughs> hair looks great. But he's like, eh, whatever. I'm probably just hearing stuff. You know, it's an empty bar. There's nobody here to say anything like that. So the bartender comes over and he's like, what can I get you? The guy orders like a bourbon and Coke since we've had bourbon today. Let's make it a bourbon and Coke. <laughs> guy orders a bourbon and Coke. The bartender goes right away to fulfill his order. And as he's waiting, he hears another voice say, you look great. Did you lose weight? And the guy's looking around and he's like, okay, there's a commercial on, but it's not like a dieting commercial. Why? What the hell? What's going on? What? Is this guy schizophrenic? Well, we'll see, Heaven. <laughs> oh my gosh, where is this going? I love that you're applying so much logic to this <laughs> Sorry, joke. all right. I'm, I I'm... love it. Bartender comes back with his bourbon and Coke. Bam. The guy's like, um, so it's just you and me in this bar, right? Like, there's nobody else here. And the bartender's like, do you see anybody else here? Like, what a weird question. And the bartender, like, walks off for a smoke break or something. And the guy's like, well, damn, now it's like a weirdo. So whatever. And so the guy's watching the sports on TV. <laughs> he's drinking his delicious bourbon and Coke. And he's occasionally having a peanut. A peanut? <laughs> yeah, from the bowl. Okay. <laughs> okay. a bowl of peanuts. Okay. And at this point, he's in the bar alone. Right, because the bartender's gone. It's just the sports on TV. It's just the guy. Then you hear somebody say, you know, your skin looks amazing. Have you just had a facial? And then the guy's like, okay, you know what? (laughs) Something's going on in here. What is it? The bartender walks back in. So the guy's like, listen, I keep hearing this voice. The voice told me that I've lost weight and that my skin is glowing. What is going on in here? And the bartender. (laughs) Oh, my God. Where is this going? (laughs) (laughs) 
the bartender says, oh, it's the peanuts. They're complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe <laughs> Woo! So, it's time to buy around for somebody. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. Can you buy the peanuts around? Because they were so nice <laughs> to that man in the joke. All right, around for the peanuts. Yay, peanuts! You around are great. for all bar peanuts. <laughs> Just the complimentary ones. Who are you buying around for, Tracy? Oh, um, aside from the peanuts, <laughs> I would like to buy around for Kendrick Lamar. Because, Ooh, yes. Because listen, he's just so dope. Yeah. He is one of the most exciting rappers that I think I've maybe ever heard. I got a bone to pick. I don't want you monkey mouth motherfucker sitting in my throne again. He's definitely the most exciting rapper that's out right now, but that's not even why I want to buy him around. So his album, To Pimp a Butterfly, I hate the name, I have to say. Yeah, it's I'm going back to spoken it. word. It sounds like <laughs> To Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> you know, I'm not crazy about the the title but I'm into it so I really love the album for a lot of reasons but I really love it for introducing me to Boris Gardner Mm. who was a musician that was very active in the 60s and 70s Yeah, random aside means nothing happens to be Jamaican lot of mercy (laughs) I'm bogling right now Um, but he made a song called Every Nigga is a Star I love the way he used the sample. I love the original song. Yeah. Because, I mean, can you name a truer statement than that? Yo. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Every nigga is a star. Yes. Whether you know that or not is your business. Yes. But. Yes. You a star. I love it. So, Kendrick. And I also love Kendrick because, you know, he's young. He's figuring it out. It's like all this race stuff. And I really like watching him do that. Yeah. You absolutely. Know? You're right. Around yeah. on us, Kendrick. You welcome, boo. Six in a I'm gonna get around for the show Bob's Burgers. <gasps> I love Bob's Burgers. I talk so about much. Bob's Burgers so much. You also do the Tina Belgium one, which should be called the Heaven You Got To Mode. Listen. Bob's Burgers, if you don't know, it's a family <laughs> comedy show on Fox. Animated. It's animated. So if you are alive right now and not watching Bob's Burgers, what? do you not like joy? Do you not like laughter? <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on in your life? <laughs> I love Bob's Burgers so much. And what Tracy was saying earlier is that Tina Belcher got all her shit from me. <laughs> like her, she's a very anxious person. Mm-hmm. And her anxious um... She definitely got that for me. Can you can you reenact this for us? Uh, At least twice a day, I hear this. I say that like every day. And then Tina Belcher took that and put it on Bob's Burgers. She did. And they're like a really really great family unit. Yes. You know, they're not like the conventional. And as a person parents. who used to babysit a lot, uh-huh. it's definitely a show that's good for parents and like kids. Like legitimately mm-hmm. a good show for a family to watch right. together. Yeah. There are so few shows I can recommend without qualifiers. 
mm. like shows that I don't like dismiss my identity or like that like acknowledge that I exist you know right oh. and I, Bob's Burgers acknowledges that it's a show about a, a cute white family uh-huh it does it's self-reflexive about it yeah but I don't ever feel like it doesn't include me I it love it beautiful. it's a dope show everybody watch it Kevin, guess what? What? We did it again. Yeah, we wrapped another episode. Yo. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for all the wonderful tweets and the Facebook likes and the Twitter follows and just everything. We we love each and every one of you individually, intensely, but like in a very PC way because we don't know y'all <laughs> like that. We also want to thank Paul. Our fantastic Paul's waving his hands in the air like he just doesn't care. And <laughs> Our Paul probably doesn't care. Audio he's that engineer kind of at Argo Studios. Yes. Um, um, we want to thank Jenna Weiss Birdman. Oh our my gosh. Jenna has not producer. slept in three months. Yo, listen. Listen. Jenna is the reason we're still moving. <laughs> uh, Jenna, what will we do without you? Shout out to Julia Furlan, our Julia! second assistant producer. Julia made us beautiful handmade cards today oh, to say thank you. God bless her. I know, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm surprised I haven't cried on the podcast yet. There's, <laughs> there's technically still time. We are also thrilled to be welcoming Miss Eleanor Kagan. She will be joining the pod squad, <laughs> aka BuzzFeed's all-girl audio team next week, I yes. think. Yes. Cannot wait. So look out Cannot for our new wait. producer. Yes. Oh, we also want to thank Mr. Don Will of Tanya Morgan, the rap group, yes. for providing us with some original, amazing music. Please follow him on Twitter at Don Will, D-O-N-W-I-L-L. And um, yeah, follow us both. Heaven is heaven rants. Heaven like heaven up in the sky. Heaven the noun and rants the verb. <laughs> That's how I describe it, even though it's not. The <laughs> That's the cutest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> ever. Uh, follow me at Brokey McPoverty. The best name in Twitter history. Who has no money. Also, maybe send me some money so I can change my name to Richie Von Moneyheimer. That would be fun. Uh, like us on Facebook, another round. Follow us on Twitter, another round. Send us an email, questions, comments, advice. Hate mail that we will laugh at and tweet about. <laughs> yes. Another round at BuzzFeed.com. Is there anything that we're leaving out? Call your mom. Call your mama. She's so worried about you. Are you eating? You look skinny. Get some vegetables in your life. We'll be back next week. I have walked the streets alone. 20 years I've been on my own. To be hated and despised No one to sympathize But there's one great thing I know You can say I told you so We've got a bright place in the sun Where there's love for everyone And every nigga is a star Every nigga is a star that you and I and everything is a star. Everything is a star.